I have a dream that all men are created equal. G'day everyone and welcome back to Your Story. I'm your host Ian Kath and this is episode 19. Well if all goes well and nothing falls over, I'll be getting two episodes out in two days. That's because today's episode is part two really of what episode 18 was about. As you may remember, I uh, was down in Melbourne and I managed to get a few stories. Well I wasn't efficient enough to get them all out and this is another one of those shows. But before we get into it, just a quick reminder, yourstorypodcast.com. That's where you can get the email links. And the email, of course, is chat at yourstorypodcast.com. Drop me a note, make a comment at the end of the post. It's all good. Now, uh, remember, I'm going to Europe in, uh, ooh, it's only about five weeks now, four and a half, five weeks. So if you uh, happen to know anybody in uh, Berlin in particular, and I will be travelling south down to the bottom of France on the Atlantic coast and eventually across to London. So particularly Berlin and London, if you know anybody who's really cool and funky and you think that they ought to get their uh, message out to the world for whatever reason, and primarily because they're passionate. That's the ideal thing. You know, they're really passionate about it. It doesn't matter what they're into. And as you've seen in the last couple of episodes, you know, these people are passionate about body modification. So it doesn't have to be anything in particular, but people with great stories that they're keen to express let me know about them. I'd love to catch up with them if they're within a convenient distance of me to be able to get hold of. In the last show, episode 18, we chatted with Mel, who's into this whole tattooing body modification scene. And if you've been over to the site, you may well have seen the video that I posted of her actually getting a scar cut. The scar was cut by Tim, and that's who we're speaking to today, who's going to talk to us a little bit about what it's like to actually be a professional in this field and actually doing this. You know, his interest in it, how he got his tattoos and, uh, and piercings initially, but also taking it on as a professional. Tim's the man wielding the scalpel. Like I said, if you haven't seen it, go over and check out the video. It's, um, it's pretty intense to watch somebody actually getting their flesh cut. This is Tim's story. Monday the 19th of May 2008, I'm sitting in the pub having a beer with Tim. Met Tim Thursday, what's Thursday night? Thursday night Thursday. when he was uh, cutting Mel, um, which uh, will probably end up being a previous episode um, where you can go and have a look at his handiwork and that he was doing. I want, want to invite Tim in order to flush out this story of this little subculture that I'm bouncing around the edges of, this uh, whole um, tattoo, piercing, body modification scene and I want to get his perspective on this, uh, and we're going to explore a few more of these people over the next 
many months as I find more and more of them. <laughs> so, Tim, I'd like to welcome you to the show. And Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, good on you, mate. Thanks for coming. So, tell me your story, mate. My story? You're a Kiwi. I'm a Kiwi. And you, um, you're into the scene. Yeah, I started, jeez, uh, I think my first piercing when I was about 17, I got my nipple pierced. I lied to a, to a gentleman, a studio called Flesh Wound in Wellington. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a couple of months before my 18th birthday. And this is Wellington, New Zealand. So Wellington, New Zealand. You're a Kiwi. I'm a Kiwi. True blue. True blue. Deep. Uh, yeah, so I got my nipple pierced. Uh, and sort of, that was my first step. Like before that, I didn't even consider getting a piercing. Uh, a mate of mine like, mentioned it to me, and I thought, oh, you know, I think I'll give it a go. A couple months later, I got another piercing, then another piercing. Um, I became quite good friends with the guy who owned the shop, uh, Hamish Helly. Uh, eventually, so that worked into me getting a job there, like just on the counter, sort of serving customers, going through aftercare, yeah, the very basic stuff. And then I sort of mentioned I'd like to get into it, actually doing the piercing. And then, so this is before you finish school. Oh no, this is while um, you know, my whole story. <laughs> um, yeah, at seventeen, I from yeah after leaving school, I went to drama school, and the whole time I was getting like the odd piercing every month or so. So working at a uh, appliance store, so selling TVs and still getting piercings, becoming good friends with Hamish in the shop. Eventually he offered me a part-time job working on the counter. And that sort of eventually worked into me being the apprentice at the shop. So this is an unofficial apprenticeship in yeah. piercing? Just piercing or tattoos? Just, just piercing. It was just a strictly piercing shop. Right. Um, Fleshman was New Zealand's first piercing studio. Okay. And it uh, it opened in, I think, 90... How old, are you? How old are you now? I'm 26. 26. So you've been doing this nine years. Mm, I started the apprenticeship at 20. Well, no, you started piercing. Started. Start, I started receiving piercings at, yeah. yeah nine years right. ago. Nine years ago. Okay. What do you got? What piercings you got? I can see two. Uh, everything. What, what size are those grommets in your ears, mate? 20 mil. 20 mil grommets with yep. a barbell through your left ear. Yep. Across the top of your left ear, you've got a, a nose ring. Yeah, I've got, got a, a nose stud. got a couple on my tongue. Yeah, okay. I've got my tongue split as well, which I had done last year. Yep. Um got my librette so I've got that's quite large it's about four or five millimeters now okay so that's a and you that you've got a ring that yep, t- yep. goes over your lip and back into your mouth and then out yeah I used to have this it used to be quite large just about to fit a cigarette through my librette and smoke and smoke through it. <laughs> that's a little, little party trick but um yeah great eventually I ended at one, one point I uh, dived into a swimming pool and there was that and I I was wearing contacts and I um didn't open up my eyes underwater so dove into the pool, and there's absolutely no give between concrete and steel and my teeth. And I ended up knocking out my two front teeth. All oh, right. So I took the rings out for a while, and the hole never really closed up, so I started putting things back into it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what other piercings you got on your body um, other than that? Yeah, I've got both my nipples. I've got my navel done three yeah. times. And I've also got an epidravia, which is uh, goes vertically through the cockhead. Right. Through the, the gland. Right. And um, is, through the eye? No. It used to be a Prince Albert, which goes in through the eye and out through the bottom. Right. Um, then I changed that to an epidravia. We basically pierce straight through the top. So it's a barbell, which basically sits like... Yes, yeah. okay, so it's, a, so it's a barbell. It's a vertical barbell. Correct. Okay. A single barbell goes through does the Does it go through the urethra? It does. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, which does interrupt the urine flow a little bit, like the urine flow can come up the top and bottom. And okay. the barbell's not in there. It's all over the shop. And I've got uh, three frenulums, which are on the underside. So get, or just rings? Uh, no, the barbells. They're all barbells. Okay, and they're just through the skin underneath your penal, yeah, just, penal yeah. shaft. That's correct. Okay. okay. Yeah. And that's it? 
that's all you got? That's all I've got at the moment, yeah. I've, I've had a lot more. Like, I've had the back of my neck pierced, and I've had a few more in my ears. And just with time, I've taken them out. Okay. What about tattoos? Um, tattoos. I got my very first tattoo just after my 18th birthday, <laughs> in which I got a Year of the Dog tattooed right in between my shoulder blades. Right. And it's like a Chinese character. I'm born on January 3rd, and uh, Chinese New Year being sometime February, March. Yep. That meant I was actually Year of the Rooster. So I got one of those, you know, white guy got the uh, Chinese messed up. Okay. Um, so that was my very first tattoo. And on the, the same week, I got my first tattoo. I also got brandings. I got um, some scars across the top of my shoulders. Now, branding is literally a hot iron burning yeah. your, your skin. Yeah. Uh, what we use is a thermal cautery unit, which is a medical tool we usually use to cut through muscle. So you just use it on a much, much lower um, setting and you can just sort of scar it's like you put a tattoo put the tattoo you put a stencil on mm-hmm. and then you run over it with this quarter unit um, which is very very fine I suppose you liken it to a very fancy hot poker okay. uh, like what you use in woodwork to write your name yep. in wood yep. uh, like in paragraph they're actually called yep. 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 same sort of thing um, so, so, you, so you can actually draw very yep. fine lines with this you but can. it actually it's not cutting it's burning it's burning yeah so you make sure you don't go too low um, too deep, sorry, into the skin. So you got to make so sure you, you just again. So you're just burning the skin. You're not going down to the fat. Or no, the, the fat. The fat layer will be a, that'll be a, quite a horrific scar. Yeah. yeah. So I got those done, and that was all done in a, in a matter of a week. So I got, I think I got pierced, headed, and branded in the same week. Wow. So it was a bit full on. Yeah. So why? Why? Um, this is the important question, <coughs> and I asked Mel this when I recorded her. Why? Yeah. Why do it? Like I was saying, it was, a, it was a thing I was sort of getting interested in. I got my first piercing at the shop, hanging around with Hamish. Now, you've got to understand, Hamish is, is tattooed from his fingers, up his arms, his chest, his back, his legs, everything. And hanging out with him, it was just sort of, it got, got me curious, I suppose. And, you know, your skin's pretty boring. Like, you look at it, it's pretty blank as a canvas. And there is the option to do things to it. You can give it texture, you can give it... You know, at these shapes, colours, mm-hmm. images you like. And it's just an option that's available, and I just sort of, you know, they're available, so I took the option. To do so it. is that the same attitude with the piercings? Yeah, pretty similar. Uh, obviously, piercings are a bit more, like, tattoos are obviously flush against your skin. Um, tattoo, uh, piercings, rather, they sort of protrude more, so they've got a slightly different function. Like, you get an impulse pierce, I mean, that can heighten sensitivity, you know, give you part of something to hold on to. Um, most of the genital piercings are obviously sexual, right? Uh, and what? Okay, let's ask the question: Are they functional, sexual, sexually? Absolutely. Do, do they enhance the experience? Yeah, I think they do. For uh, you? Yeah, definitely. And for her? Uh, yeah, some people find it a bit uncomfortable. Like my girlfriend at the time, when I first got my um, Prince Albert done, which is a ring, and that protrudes a lot more, and she, she did find that quite uncomfortable. So was a, lot, a lot of the time, I found I was taking that out which is where I decided to keep the epidravia piercing going straight through because it's a lot more flush against the shower, so there's not much catching or pulling. So, okay. Um, you've, you've got what I would technically, well, what I would call one serious body modification, which is a split tongue. Yep. How far back have you split your tongue? It was split about maybe two and a half, maybe three inches. Seriously? Uh-huh. Wow. So as I look at your tongue now, you've it's got probably- what, about half an inch. Uh, Maybe a bit more, three quarters of an inch. Yeah, three quarters of an inch. And you uh, went must have gone what, back half the length of your tongue. Yeah, I've got I've got quite a long tongue, so there was the option to go quite far back. 
Um, so what happened? It was you healed back up, did it? Yeah, the tongue heals incredibly fast. You find it with tongue piercings. Second fastest part of the body, I've heard, next to the stomach. That's, that's correct. <laughs> You've done your research. Um, so with that, I had my tongue split, and it was sutured. So I had three stitches on the inside, either side of my tongue. Right. Of the first incision to keep it apart. Now, when you get your tongue split, there's a horrendous amount of swelling, and the stitches have got no give whatsoever. So my my tongue swelled onto the stitches, which was I found really uncomfortable. I had trouble talking. I had a horrendous lisp. I couldn't swallow or eat properly. So I ended up taking the stitches out after about four or five days. And I think that's where the problem sort of came from, where because it, it opened the wound back up and it, and it decided to start closing again. So each morning I was pulling my tongue apart uh, to try and you know, prevent this regrowth. And I was sleeping with gauze shoved in between in the in the split doesn't sound very comfortable it wasn't very comfortable and yeah after a couple of hours of trying to sleep with it was covered in vaseline as well so a piece of gauze covered in vaseline in your mouth absorbing all your saliva you know you can try and swallow it doesn't go anywhere so eventually i just i pull it out in the middle of the night and yeah over time it just got just kept closing okay and you ended up with what you've got now yeah which I'll, is a half three quarter inch yeah. split tongue so i'll get that done again in november Oh, wow. You're going to go again? Yeah. Okay. yeah I, I did want to have a, a much longer tongue so I can cross it over and have a lot more mobility. Well, I noticed, I noticed you can actually f- make your two halves of your tongue f- reach over each other and yeah. flip around, and it's, it's a little bit like what a snake would do. Yeah. There. Yeah. So um, I want to ask the question. Yeah. Sexually. Yeah. If, if you're going down on a lady, yeah, it's... Uh, does that have certain advantages? Apparently it does. Right. It's like having two tongues. You lose a little, little bit of power right at the tip. So the actual strength of the tip of your tongue is not what it used to be. Okay. Um, but you definitely have got a lot more mobility. You can actually sort of clasp like the clitoris. You can actually just sort of play with it. It's quite interesting to do. Okay. Yeah. It's just something of you know, obviously not regular people have the function to do. No, that, well, you used to. I, yeah, I used to not have the function. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of weird, like having this mobility you develop in your form and you mm. Hmm, play around with. So... Do your sexual partners like that? Mm. Is that something that rocks their boat? Yeah, well, I've been with the same girl for a year, and she's been she's been quite happy. Mm, good. Yes. Good. Okay. Cool. So, um, so you've got you've done all this stuff to yourself, uh-huh. and that's similar to Mel's story, you know, because she's had all these tattoos and piercings done too. But you you went professional. Yeah. Uh, you became an apprentice, well, unofficial apprentice, but basically went and did the training. Yeah. Tell, tell us about that. Well, working under Hamish, Hamish's been piercing for about 21 years. Uh, this is when I met him, so he's been piercing for like 25 years now, 20, mm-hmm. yeah, 25, 26 years. And he learned from people um, that were r- really involved in the industry really early on, like um, Elaine Binney or Elaine Angel, who's from England, and uh, Jim Ward, he's done some lectures and stuff with him as well. And these are people that basically invented you know, the craft which we know today. Uh and with that, like the apprenticeship was sort of done in stages. So the first thing to get down was hygiene, okay. right? how to clean things, how to store things, um, making sure things were done correctly, aseptically. You weren't contaminating other areas um, of your working space. Then it sort of worked on to me doing setups for Hamish. So this is the setup where you dispense the tools, the jewellery, um, all your disposables, the liquids antiseptic wipes and things like that uh, and this is something that 
went on for two years and during the summer I was watching him pierce the whole time every now and again doing the odd piercing um, a friend had come in and he'd watch me diligently do their lip piercing or tongue piercing whatever they wanted and then, then it sort of worked on to doing working with customers and so advancing your skills like the more you do the better you get like the more situations you're in mm. you know you understand yeah, it's, like it's like any skill exactly yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's like everyone's anatomy is different so you got to yeah. learn how to adapt so um so you've now got your shingle hanging and you're doing this professionally yep okay um how is it as a career path uh at the moment since i've moved to australia uh it's been a little bit slower i've been through a few studios just trying trying to find somewhere where i feel comfortable um because it's quite a it's quite a creative job like you've got to be kind of motivated and a bit more so artistic or whatnot and I've been through a, three, a few shots which just didn't provide like the environment which I felt comfortable like to work in. Yeah. So obviously working at Third Eye, which is where I run the show, is I can make things how I want them to be. Yeah. The, the, for, and you, are you the only piercer, mm-hmm. modifier, well, yeah, whatever? Yeah, I'm Third the Eye. Only one. Okay, yeah. Third Eye is a, um, a studio in um, North. Well, where are we? North Melbourne, North Fitzroy, North Fitzroy, North Fitzroy in Melbourne, Australia. The rest of the guys there do tattooing. That's and, correct. And you're the, you know, the piercer dude. That's correct. Yeah, okay. Do you ideally want to get away from any other mainstream work and this is your career path? Yeah, I want to do this professionally, like for, you know, as long as I'm able to, really, is the idea. And also getting into more advanced things, like doing implants and transdermals, you know, semi-surgical, surgical procedures. Okay. But, yeah. For example, describe. Well, doing implanting or your know, subdermal implanting is usually using a shape which is made out of silicon or Teflon uh, which is implanted under the under your skin so say in the back of your hand would involve mm-hmm. an incision usually somewhere near the thumb or by the wrist uh, using what's called a skin elevator which is like a very fine spatula actually separate the tissue right okay so your skin's not really attached in any sort of serious way it's just a, layer, a very fine layer of fat which you're able to separate uh, with that you stretch open the opening and insert whatever shape or design. And this, and this is how you see people with bead genital beading is is, is sort of a, a slightly easier version of yeah yeah yeah. But you can you create all sorts of patterns up arms, that's correct, and across chests and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Why do people do this? Well, the same reason anyone gets a tattoo is why do people get tattoos? It's almost a tribal thing, I suppose. It's and you look back at even like Western cultures and. Like all the cultures, they've all got some sort of adornment, which I guess is just impregnated into us. Like people put on makeup, people cut their hair, they want to look particular ways, they want to wear particular clothes. And this is just a bit more personal or a bit more, like just a lot deeper. So changing your skin and the texture of your skin. Personally, how far do you want to go? Have you got more goals? Like, have you got these amounts of tattoos and. At the moment, I, I feel pretty comfortable. I'd imagine. You know, as time goes on, I'll probably get things like implants and transdermals. Uh, transdermals usually find down people's foreheads, uh, but you can technically do them anywhere on the body, down the arms. Now, that's where it's, you know, you're doing the same procedure where you're doing a small incision and separating the tissue, mm-hmm. then using what's called a biopsy punch to cut uh, a little circular hole out of, you know, through the tissue, and you're inserting a small piece of jewellery, which looks like... Kind of hard to explain. It's a little flat disc with a post coming straight out of it. 
An yeah. inverted mushroom almost. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's flat on the bottom. And with that, that protrudes out of the skin, so you can change the end to spikes or studs or whatever you please. So I imagine getting some of those would be... So if you had a, if you had, you could have a series of those across your forehead, then you yeah. have all these little studs, spiky studs on there, yeah. so you can end up looking like this guy mean from... mofo with a whole heap of studs on his forehead if you wanted to. You could, like the guy from Young Guns, what's his name? Yeah, Vivian. Um, Vivian, Vivian, the young ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah he did stuff like that. Well, yeah. well probably not, not like that, but you, stick on ones. Yeah, probably. you could probably achieve the same result. Yeah, yeah, if you wanted to go okay. to a party, is Vivian. Um, what about body modification for you? Like you've only done the tongue so far, and you want to redo that, make it longer. Yeah. Like, are you inclined to go towards more hardcore body modification? Um. Yeah, that's just something I probably would touch on later. But at the moment, I'm quite comfortable with how I look and how how that's going. Um, I did do training as an actor for two years, and so I would like to keep that as somewhat of an option. So you can't sort of go too far, especially facially, like I can't really tattoo my face or... Yeah. A lot of the piercings are removable. Well, even those 20 mil grommets that you've got in your ears... Yeah, you can use putty and close them up. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Okay. I've had that done once already. But they're a little bit smaller. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So there are limits. Like, I'd definitely probably leave my face alone, but as far as, like, my rest of my body goes, yeah, there's no reason why I wouldn't... If the option becomes available. Do you know some people who are hard, hardcore... Yeah, I've got a friend of mine who's got uh, he's got horns, so he's got um, like the subgenitals, like I was explaining before. But he's said so he's got little domes which are on either or either side so, of his forehead, yeah, either side of the forehead above his eyes, which are uh, look like horns. Okay. Um, my ex girlfriend, she's got horns as well, and it's another gentleman I'm quite good friends with who's got a very large librette, and it's probably like thirty millimeters, I think. Yeah, and Mel, in a previous episode, described what a librette is, basically this plate that yeah. inserted through the flesh mm-hmm. underneath your lip. Yeah. yeah. So this was done with a scalpel procedure, using a scalpel just to cut the actual hole, mm. rather than myself, which is, I started off with a very small hole. And stretched. And stretched it. Right. Yeah. Right. I, f- I find this whole subculture extraordinary. and I A lot of people do, and it does... Inhibit you in some ways. People you look at, you know, people look at you a bit funny. Mm. Um, sometimes I find it quite difficult to get a taxi. For example, if I'm wearing a t-shirt and you know waving a tattooed arm around, people just drive straight past you like you're scum of the earth. But one taxi driver pointed out to me, he goes, "Why wouldn't I pick you up? Those things are worth a fortune." Which is true. Like uh, my forearm costs about a thousand dollars to tattoo. If you've got that much money to spend on a tattoo, you've got that much money to spend on a cab. Free. Exactly. I'm not going to jump out of the cab. Um, yeah. And how do you find people in the culture? Um, really accepting. Um, there is a bit of sort of... Because I'm on the professional level of things, where I'm actually doing the work, um, some people will respond to that sort of negatively or just neutrally, especially because they'll have their friend that does it or they'll know somebody that does it and they'll just compare me immediately like to that person, which I think is a bit hmm. sort of off, really. What do your parents think? They hate it. What does your grandparents think? They don't mind it. Why is that? I don't know. My mum's a... Since I left... I left home at 18. Um, and since then, my mum's become quite religious. Like, I didn't grow up in a very religious household. But my mum has definitely sort of gone that way. And she's basically a born-again Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, which does make things a lot more complicated. When I go home and visit, she compares, you know, how big my ears were last time she saw me. And counts the tattoos. And it can get a bit tiring. Like, they sit me down, give me little lectures, and 
it just you know, it's like water for ducks back. It's yeah. it's kind of. But your grandparents. My grandparents are fine with it. They don't mention a word. Um, Why is that? Do you think? I don't know. Maybe they're not quite as confronting as my mother is, but. Uh, I definitely know there are opinions floating around my family, like my father, for example, doesn't really want to be seen in public with me. And I don't even think, like, personally, I don't think I've gone that far as far as, like, my appearance goes, my facial appearance anyway. I don't think it's very full on. You can still see my face. I can still tell if I'm smiling or not. I don't have, you know, studs all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm almost conservative in some degrees. Yeah. Um, but that's compared with the culture that you're... Yeah, exactly. But is it, you know, compared to, you know, maybe yourself? Yeah. Well, I, I've got quite a few. And, you know, I might be this sort of badass or criminal that people seem to perceive, you know, a person that has tattoos. But I'm just not, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> you're just a dude, aren't you? Yeah, people just, like, assume I'm a criminal, but the reality of it is that I'm not. <laughs> and, and, and watching you the other night uh, cutting Mel... I was I was amazed at the level of professionalism. You you you, um, you masked up. You mm-hmm. kept everything sterile. You were constantly changing gloves every time you picked up something from outside of the sterile area. Yeah. Um, you worked with such care for her welfare. I I thought it was extraordinary. You know, so far away from the extremeness of say a prison tattoo where they exactly. basically get a a knife and they cut up a ballpoint pen and they you know that's right they go at it yeah they go at it you know this was this was almost a quasi you know operating theater yeah and that's just the impression that people should get you know yes you go to some shops and you know it won't be anything like that and like someone who's never been to a piercing shed before wouldn't even know what to expect and i get a lot of people that come to me who see me do what i do i use midi packs the way i change gloves the way i dispense the tools i'm quite careful and that's where people sort of see the point of difference. Mm. Um, people go, hang on, why is he doing that? And they ask me questions. And I explain to them why. They go, oh, that's not what the other person did. And it's just, I think it's a huge part of the job is really looking after the customers. I mean, without customers, I wouldn't have a job, I wouldn't have a career. So, you know, it's in my best interest to look after every single person that, you know, they, that comes to me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You mm. sound like a true professional in any... Any career. Exactly. Like, there's no reason for me to be a hack and, you know, hurt people and, you know, swear and curse and, you know, I sort of try and maintain some sort of consistency in my work as well. Like, I don't, you know, I shower every day. You know, I'm not some stinky big tattoo <laughs> dude and, yeah, come on, love, yeah, do what you want. Yeah, it's straight enough. You know, I'll take as much care as I can. I only get one chance to do it. So. Um, as a, as a final parting comment, Tim, how would uh-huh. you sum it all up? You know, people, the culture. The you, culture? You know, tattooing, scarring, you know, the whole scene. I mean, if you're into it, like, ask questions about it. Be interested, like, come with an open mind. A lot of people shut it out immediately. They think we're a bunch of freaks. You know, and they find after talking to us for five minutes, we're just not. We're regular people. And a lot of people might enjoy it. You know, it's not for everyone, but it is for some people. So, yeah, I mean, I'd just say just try it. You know, don't, don't shy away from it or it's going to be here, it's here to stay, basically. It's just a different way that we all as humans live life, isn't it? Yeah, it's just a different way of expressing yourself, you know. I don't like the colour of that guy's shirt. He doesn't like my tattoos. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. 
Tim, thanks very much for coming on the show, mate. I appreciate it. It's good to no have um, the professional point of view. <laughs> I look forward to finding a few more of you people out there, and uh, I know there are some. Yeah, there are a lot of them. Yeah, give me some contacts. I look forward to catching up with them. <laughs> no worries. Cheers, mate. All the thanks best. A lot. See ya. See ya. Naked City. This has been one of them.